Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, here with my other host, Matt. And we like to open up every episode with our adult beverages of choice. I just got done drinking one of my white ghouls, and now I'm going to continue drinking a New Riff single barrel bourbon. Matt, what are you drinking? I am going to be finishing my white ghoul. And then I'm going to be switching to that new Rift. But then I'm also chasing that down with a Badger State Brewery. It is a Wallen Wit beer. So it's a Belgian-style beer. Yeah, Wallen Wit sounds... I've never heard that phrase before. Well, I know beer is uh, German for beer. beer. Uh, the Wit, yeah. uh, I'm not 100% sure what it's actually talking about. I guess I could read the label on the back, but it's kind of hard to read anything <laughs> right now. So we're just going to call it a whip beer and call it, call it a day. Right. And back to our white ghoul. That is a drink that I made up today in honor of watching Tokyo Ghoul. So go find that recipe slash video on YouTube and our social media pages. Yeah, it's delicious. It's got a bunch of alcohol in it. So if you're wanting to drink a little bit extra, have a little mixer kind of drink, definitely go with this one. It's great. Lance, you want to give us a synopsis for our episode today? Sure. So we're covering Tokyo Ghoul. And in Tokyo Ghoul, we follow our main character, a human named Ken Kaneki. In this world, there are ghouls that walk among humans. One day, after scoring a date with a girl that he's been crushing on, Rise turns out to be a ghoul and tries to eat him. Then, by anime logic, a freak accident happens and kills them both. In order to save Kaneki's life, he undergoes an organ transplant with his dead date to save his life. Through some emotional drama, Kaneki learns that he has now become a ghoul himself. He is soon adopted into a safe haven that protects ghouls from their number one enemy, the CCG. As the series continues, we watch the CCG try to hunt down ghouls and we get to watch them kill each other and a bunch of drama unfolds from there. Yep, pretty pretty good synopsis. Before we get started, Lance, can you give us your Lance's lessons as well? Today's Lance's Lessons is going to be the Japanese word for cannibal, and that is tomogui. Tomogui is spelt T-O-M-O-G-U-I, and that is fitting for today's episode because all of our ghouls are considered cannibals because they're able to eat one another, yet at the same time eating humans. Yeah, there's definitely a multi-take, especially in this show, on the word cannibal. Mm -hmm. Because technically to them, eating humans is just like us eating pigs or cows or anything else. Any other kind of form of livestock, yep. Ooh, now saying livestock, this kind of brings back like Seraph of the End vibes. Like it's almost strange that like, what if this would have gone to an extreme route where ghouls would have started running the world and had farms of humans strictly for, you know, feeding purposes. I mean, I, I guess maybe that would have been too much of a cliche or whatever. to Promise Neverland. With, right, Promise Neverland too, yep. Um, or the other the other thing you could take is, so the Algirichi, Algiri tree, there we go, Algiri tree, that was their goal essentially, was to be the more powerful individuals and rule over humans. And that was that gang at the end? Yep. With uh, that 
goatee guy and our main boss. The so they they call him the one eyed king. He was he was technically the leader, and then you have uh, Toka's brother was in that mm-hmm. group as well. And then technically Jason was also a part of that group. Granted, he was a part of that group because he was a twisted fuck and just wanted to do whatever he wanted. Was Jason considered the one-eyed ghoul? No, no. Jason was not considered Okay, so as far as season one goes, we don't know who that one-eyed ghoul is, right? The the leader or whatever? Yes, we don't know who the leader is. We do get to see a one-eyed ghoul, which you can almost infer is the leader, but you're not sure. Of the bad guys? Yes. Because remember at the end, the one-eyed ghoul comes to essentially attack the CCG doves to slow down, or to slow them down to help oh, the... the owl. Yep. Um, yeah, and you don't get to learn anything about the owl in season one. Yep. Um, I don't know about you, have you seen, you've seen season two and yep. Tokugou Ari and... Yep, yep. Okay, so... I mean, we're only going to be talking about season one. We're not going to spoil anything about those, but, you know, you do get to find out more about more of those ghouls. Everything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Everything kind of, all the loose ends kind of start getting wrapped up in the later seasons. But no, in this one, you can just infer, almost infer, I wouldn't say you can 100% infer that the the one-eyed owl is what they call the one-eyed king or the leader of... Mm the gang right and if this is if you've only seen this series like once i don't know if you're going to pick up on that without continuing the seasons because it's like season two answers that perfectly obviously yep but season one leaves you in the dark like who the hell is that mm-hmm. and like let's just jump to the final episode like dude there's so many questions that they <laughs> leave you with yeah it's definitely a good cliffhanger episode for a ending of season one for season two mm-hmm yeah, like if I remember, I remember watching this series shortly after it got released. Yep. And I remember being so pissed off that I had so many questions and there wasn't anything to go off of, mm-hmm. like next. But yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it's so crazy that they, they even did that. I'm trying to think. No, I when I started watching this season two was out, but re was not out. Right. So it's and I watched it all the way through one and two in succession. Pretty much, I think I finished it in a week, maybe a week and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was totally obsessed with this show when I when it first came out. Yep. I'm still have slight obsession with this show. It's I mean, yeah. I mean, I okay. What makes this show so amazing to me is the amount of gore. Mm-hmm. The just I guess I don't know. Maybe it really comes down to the gore. I mean, I love <laughs> I love my zombies, and what I want to see is that darkness yep. get brought out. I want to see. That vicious, I don't know, maybe I'm just a dark person, but... Well, you love Venom. It's got some, I wouldn't say Venom vibes, but it's kind of a similar concept where you've got these almost looking like Venom kind of things. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, now that you bring up Venom, we'll just bring up, you know, the final episode, episode 12, where we're talking about Jason. What is it, Yakumo Umori or whatever? Yep, something like that. As soon as he brought out his Kagari and it took over his, his head... And his arm, more yep. specifically focusing on like the body takeover, yep. like with his head. I instantly thought of like the symbiote and like Venom trying to take over. Like I wanted to see more of that. Okay, yeah. Um, awesome. So one thing that I 
kind of want to talk about is did you understand why his why he looks like that why his cogger looks like that yes Ooh, i did not think about that why it took over like the top of his face got cut him into his lips yes pulled back his cheeks and took over one of his arms so no, I, I i don't have any kind of explanation for that um this is just me kind of knowing what i know about the cogres and you know how there's the four different types Kind of. So, so the anime was quick on it. So, yeah, there's four different types. Basically, you have uh, like Toka, which is your speed types. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they go into the manga is each type, their Kagure forms slash comes out in different sections of their back. Okay. So, for so we see with Kaneki, it's in like his the bottom, lower, his lower, lower back. back. So there's uh -huh. um, there's Tokas, which comes out basically between her shoulder blades, mm -hmm. which she is your like um, speed type. You have the next one who would be um, kind of your brute force type, or no, excuse me, your defensive type. And I'm trying to think a good one for that would be. Uh, gourmet. I'm drawing a blank on his actual name, but gourmet. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a tricky name for the Carlos English speakers. So it's a it's a very. But yeah, gourmet is what I remember him as. It, it's a heavy type, so kind of your your big dual handed um, axes or long swords, stuff like that. So slows the individual down. Mm -hmm. And real quick for listeners, gourmet was the guy with purple hair. Um, you thought that he was gay for Kaneki from the beginning, but he wanted to just truly eat Kaneki just mm -hmm. because he was super special, super French acting yep. guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Kaneki or Riza. Riza. Riza, excuse me. Riza. And theirs is in their lower back. And they are the, basically, they're your attacking type. They're, we... If you remember from episode 12, they're special in the fact that they have high regenerative abilities and pretty much everybody like that. They're kind of the, from what I know, they're the less, they're the minority uh, ghoul. So there's there's just not all that many of them. Uh, are are high, they considered better? I can go into that. Uh, I wouldn't go better and I'll, I'll explain it more once I finish the other. And then you have your fourth type, which... Oh, man. The guy with the glasses that Kaneki runs into at school. Um, Nishi Nishio Nishiki? Nishiki, yes. So he is your, like, everything down the middle stat guy. So he's not super fast. He's not slow. He doesn't have good regenerative abilities like Kaneki does. But he is your... Neutral? Best, just common everything. Okay. So he can do a little bit of the defense type, he can do a little bit of the speed type, or he can do a little bit of the attack type. Mm -hmm. And what they talk about in the manga is that essentially you are better than the type you are below. So Just in a hierarchy kind of? Yeah, it, so like Toko... In a circle hierarchy? It, it's more like a... A tower. So Toko would be better than Gourmet. Gourmet would be better than Kaneki. Kaneki would be better than uh, Nishika. Nishiki. Nishiki, excuse me. And Nishiki would be better than Toka just by their yeah, so ability. So like a circle hierarchy. Yeah. And, well, they have it as a list. So that's why, uh, that's why I was thinking of it like a tower. Oh, I mean, this is kind of like going back to Pokemon where fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. Yep, same concept. Yeah. And then... What happens when you become a cannibal, just to kind of go back to your Lance's lesson, is 
you increase your ability to take in RC cells and you can manipulate your Kagure into multiple Kagures, multiple Kagure types. So Jason has multiple Kagure types, which is why he looks like that. Oh, so he's... He's a cannibal. He's picking and pulling... Well, he's just eating. He's eating other ghouls, which they talk about saying is disgusting. Uh-huh. But he's eating other ghouls, so he is becoming a cannibal, and he's able to increase his RC count, RC storage, and um, it mutates his Kagre. Okay, so by that logic, is is a ghoul capable of becoming all four types, or just? I think that's perf- what the one-eyed ghoul is. Like, would we'll later find out is like the owl? Yep. Okay. 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 That's very interesting. I guess that might explain season two a little bit more. Yep. Um, I just remember season two confusing the shit out of me. Um, there's that's multiple why reasons why season two confuses the shit out of you. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we cover season two. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll stick with season one for now because yep. season one's just fucking amazing. Yep. Um. That's, I kind of feel like I wish they would have drug the anime out like an episode or two just to kind of give those little details mm-hmm. because that could have been something where like Toka could have explained it to Kaneki. Right. And yeah, because like, I've seen this series, I've seen season one, like I just got done telling you before we started like five or six times. Yep. Like I feel like I got a very good grasp on season one. Yep. But information like that went right over my head. Well, because they don't talk about it. Exactly. And, it, yeah, it just would have been good information for people to know. I understand why they didn't. It's not necessary because it's it's just added information that's not going to be beneficial to anything. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like Kaneki runs away from Jason, he eats the shit out of him, and calls it a day. Mm-hmm. But that whole... That's a... But that whole bit of information would have been good because then it explains Jason. It explains the uh, one-eyed owl, and it just explains more information that you would be good to know. Right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. Yeah, I would have. I would have definitely liked to know that. <laughs> I feel kind of stupid that I'm getting this explained to me now after all these years. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I've been wanting to read the manga for so long. I just hadn't taken the time out to read it. I been reading a bunch of like newer stuff and long form stuff like i was reading bleach for a long time so you bought tokyo ghoul years ago and you just never even read it yeah (laughs) it's been sitting on your shelf forever and you just sitting there looking at like like it's a collectible yeah yeah because i mean those those are the like if you looked up they're the um, barnes and noble um editions limited edition ones and they're the three and ones and if you look up one, two, and three, you find it on eBay for like four or five hundred bucks. Damn. Yeah. So needless to say, I'll never own the first three books, but still. God, that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, for a book. Yeah. So yeah, and it's uh, I'm just really glad I, I started reading this. The gore and even in the manga does not disappoint. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's um I'll I'll get into it more in the in manga mentions. Just kind of Go back into the the earlier conversation. It's there's so much about this anime that you can you can like, especially if you're looking for dark themed stuff. Like this is the first series that I watched that was I would say completely dark. Oh yeah, and that's that's why I fell in love with this right away when I first watched it. Yep. There's not too many anime out there that like gets dark and dirty and then like stays that way. Yeah, and it's not kind of like Goblin Slayer where Goblin Slayer is super fucked. Yeah, that gets. And dark. Yeah, it's there's a lot of cringiness in there that makes it dark. Like yeah. Yeah, rapey. They, it's rapey cringy, and that's what that's a 
Yeah, so, yeah, the themes in Goblin Slayer are super fucked up, uh-huh. and it's dark, versus this, where it's just a lot of blood, it's decapitations, it's taking off limbs, just super gory, but not fucked up in themes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't push those well, boundaries. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to talk about the uh, non-interrogation. Oh, the, the torture? Jason's torture? Yeah, t- yeah, Jason's torture is super fucked. That's fucked up. I mean, don't... You but, can't watch episode 11 and 12 on, like, an empty stomach where you're already starting to feel a little, little queasy. Honestly, it might sound super fucked to say, but I, I didn't find the torturing super fucked up because you only... You could only take away minus the... The uh, centipede, the fire centipede going into his ear. Mm, like, it wasn't like, fire, it was, uh, oh, it was like the red-headed Chine, Chinese centipede. Something yeah, like yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Something along those that, lines. That's what it was. That one, that part is the only part that you pretty much see. Everything else you can just kind of be like, oh yeah, his toes are different colors. They must have chopped off all his toes. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to talk about too. Um, so the first time I ever watched this, I noticed, of course, that Kaneki had black toenails black fingernails yeah and at the at the very first time i was like oh that's pretty gothic of him to go like i know that's making him seem like a like a hard ass um how did he get those black fingernails yeah toenails or whatever and then as i watch this more and more you start to realize that his digits have been chopped off and he's just been regrowing these digits Yep. And through the regrowth pattern, through a little bit of anime logic, you can see that let's just take it as they've been bruised and they're not ready to come out yet. Yep. So I think that's kind of the path that they can explain that as, is they're bruised and blood hasn't gone to those fingernails properly yet. Yeah, I would take it almost as symbolism that is, fing- like, those digits are dead. It's symbolism dead. Like, or parts of him too. are yeah. dead. Like, they're too new. And it's more I can talk about in manga mentions, but it's super fucked up. His his torturing is super fucked up. So you know that his hair turning white is a condition. That is something that's real. It's a real condition? Yeah, that can happen. Like where where your you, hair just turns. Like when you eat your inner demon and you just... <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you eat your inner real demon... Your hair just turns white. I mean, I, I could understand that it was like a stress thing or something along those lines. I mean, I don't have to get too... I don't, I, I didn't, I don't want to guess too much about it because I guess I don't know much about it. But I mean, if you're going to talk about it in the future, then we'll wait for that moment. Yeah, it's a, uh, a disease where... This is autoimmune or... Yeah, this is an autoimmune deficiency that... AIDS? No, no. That's <laughs> uh, um, alio... Pika areta is a disease that results in your hair turning white. It can turn white overnight, may autoimmune and selectively affect pigmented hairs. Mm, interesting. Well, in the Japanese culture, when your hair turns white, you're just more powerful. I don't know much further you want to talk about anything about that, but like... Yeah, no, no, there's there's nothing really. I just wanted to... Like, that is possible where you can essentially make your hair turn white from something like that. Okay. Well, I only say that because we have yet to even talk about who our favorite characters are. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we should uh, go into that conversation. As far as season one is concerned, Matt, who is your favorite or more most interested character? Yeah, I know from from the series, but that's all from season two, so I can't I can't go from there because yep. it would be Kaneki. Yeah, it, for no, the series, it no would be Kaneki. Yeah. But as far as season one's concerned, he's kind of just a bitch. 
<laughs> for the entire series, for the entire first season. At least until episode 12. You know, he doesn't shine until the last two minutes of the entire first season. Yes. And granted, him <laughs> finding the resolve to essentially live through that torture, it's great. Oh, yeah. That's totally cool. I mean, that he overcame some barriers or whatnot. And yep. Great character building there. Yes. But as far as season one, I guess I'm going to go with Toka. Uh-huh. I, I liked her the best. As far as a character is concerned, I liked her background. You get to see her kind of as a kid. You know, she's pushing through her phobias or fears, which you do find out why she's afraid of birds in the mangas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say because that's some like bullshit thing that they just threw into the anime. <laughs> like, why do you? What? Why birds? What's going um, on there? Basically, she hates birds because when she was a kid, as you saw, they they rescued a bird. Mm-hmm. And then when they got caught as being ghouls, they went to go free that bird and the bird attacked her. Oh. And that's why she doesn't like birds. Interesting. I, I mean, I get it. It's sure, I mean, a childhood fucked up thing that happened. Why, you know, messed with you back then. Why get rid of it? Well, that and it brings back the memories of them having to flee because they got found out they were ghouls. That too. Yeah, sure. Um, because yeah, we didn't get that in the anime, like why they broke up as a family at all to begin with. Yep. And then her Kagure. Her Kagure is super cool. That's not what I was gonna say, but her Kagure is super cool. And her willingness to try and adapt to the human world is I thought I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So that that's just why I really like her as the she's probably my favorite character. Granted, you don't get a whole lot of characters. You get a handful of characters, but you don't go too far in depth with too many characters in this first season. Right. I mean, unless you want to have like some kind of personal backstory to go on with anybody else. Yeah. Maybe you might like, I don't want to be like mean or anything. Like maybe you'll latch on to certain characters if like you've had personal losses or if you can like emotionally connect with some of these people, some of these people that have, you know, lost people. But like, yeah, there is just a small select people that are comparable and cool. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree. Um, what about you, Lance? Uh, do you have a favorite character? I would agree with you that Toka would be my favorite character in general. Okay. I remember I when my first time watching this, I wanted Toka to be more evolved yep. and have more than one of those wings. That's what I want to call her. Kagure is like, it looks like a wing, so I want to call it a wing. Yeah, no, it does. So, like, what if she got a second wing? Yep. And then we can introduce to her brother, Ayato, and there he was with that second wing, stronger, better, faster. So, like, I kind of want to say Ayato would be my favorite character because he was who I wanted Toka to be. Okay. So I'm going to go with that. So Ayato was fucking awesome. Plus, he had that mask. Like, he he has that baggy-ass hair with that (laughs) spiky mouth grin and super badass Kagure. High school Lance. Yeah, that was was (laughs) me back in high school. Um, With that being said... I am super interested in Noro. And Noro is one guy that you don't get introduced until like episode 11 or 12. He's part of like, what was the name of the ghouls that are the bad ghouls? Algiri tree? Yeah, there we go. And he was was wearing a mask and he's got this big ass smile and he's got no eyes. And every time you saw him use his Kagure or something, like he was getting shot at by like 10 guys and they were all using machine guns on him. And they were all unloading on him. And that didn't affect him at all. And then, like, for some reason, like, it went, he countered, and everybody got, like, fucking 
they all exploded. And I know he's in season two, and I don't remember anything about him. <laughs> but I'm super. I, I mean, I know we're gonna be watching this next, and I can't wait to see more about him. But like, he's got so much of my interest right now because he seems so op. And I, yeah, no, I'm just Noro. Noro. Yep. So one human that I really like is Hide. Hide. Yeah. Oh, Hide is awesome. He's such a amazing friend, and he's yep. secretly keeping this secret because yeah. we all we all know in the background he knows that Kaneki is a ghoul. Yeah, and Kaneki gets warned. It's like, hey, Hide is a lot smarter than people make him out to be. Like he notices everything, and he actually warns Kaneki in the manga about uh, Nagachiki. Oh yeah, that. He's basically around him because he wants to see how he's this poisonous person. And that's that he calls him a poison. He calls oh. Nagachiki a poison a poisonous person. And this is during that time where like they're like, Hey, come with me to my house for this paper and then he knocks the fucking kicks the shit out of him and Yep. Yep. Interesting. Okay, that would have been nice to see in the anime that like at that moment Hide knows something about uh Nishio. Yep. Even though Kaneki already knows about Nishio. Yes, but he is just, obviously he doesn't know he's a ghoul, but he suspects him as a as an individual. Mm-hmm. So crazy, man! There's so much information that's yeah. There's a lot of little up. a lot of little things going on, and then obviously you know from season two. So it's uh, Nagachiki. Excuse me, Hide is one of those per- people that I'm like, give me more information. I want to know more about. Him. Like, yeah, right. Because he's a he's such a background character in the anime yep and which he knows he knows everything but like nobody's he's not pushing anything yep ah he's your atypical like if you could have one friend that was he's your perfect friend Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got your back. He's making sure you're coming home from the hospital and you have all the food you can eat. Oh, speaking of hospital, all yep. right. I know I reached out to you earlier in the week. That doctor that yep. operated on the transplant. Yes, I find him super fishy. Like okay. only only because I've watched this multiple times. Yep. Do you think that the surgery doctor knew that Rise was a ghoul? And purposefully transplanted the organs into Kaneki as like some kind of experimentation. Just do you, do you want me to give you the anime answer or the manga answer? Well, the anime answer is going to be a no. <laughs> because they never go back into that, nor do they show his face again. That's true. Because I've seen this series six times <laughs> and they never show that, doc, that surgery doctor again. Yeah. Okay, now that you say manga, does... I mean, is this going to interrupt future Matt's manga mentions? No, I got plenty. I can talk about that. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so, okay, so is does the surgery... The surgery was a... on purpose. Okay. So Jason basically does talks to Kaneki to fuck with him, to mind fuck him. And he tells him that the doctor didn't transplant the a kidney. He transplanted the... I know people are going to get mad at me, but I don't remember what it is. The RC sack that ghouls have there's an rc sack yes like there's a whole additional organ in a ghoul that yes there is a thing that the ghouls use to store the rc blood cells so that they can produce their kagures okay and is there what does rc stand for and they don't go into it it's just a really just some bullshit yeah Let's just give it a cool name and never explain it. Yeah. It's, okay. it's just a, a, a blood. It's a part of your blood. And okay. 
they talk about it being a part of like a muscle where the more you use it, the stronger it gets and the more you can mold it and do all these other things. And it is an organ that allows ghouls to store the RC and then produce their cadres. And he took Rize's out of her body and put it into Kaneki's. Okay, so that's the specific organ that was transplanted? Yes. Was so. was there any other organ transplanted, or was it just this, like, regenerative ability? It, so the regenerative ability, I think, was a Rize thing that got mutated and enhanced to Kaneki. Right. Like, I, I mean, I'm totally on board with a ghoul-specific organ being implanted into someone and then as soon as that shit starts activating, then the automatic ghoul regenerative abilities start overtaking. I'm, yep. told, I'm like, what, however you want to word that or anime logic that into place, whatever. The only thing I'm questioning is, was that the one and only transplant? So Jason also talks about how this doctor basically fucked with other people and Kaneki was not the only one that this doctor experimented on. Okay. Beyond that, as far as season one's concerned, that's it. Okay. So the the doctor transplanted a specific part from the ghoul from a ghoul in or well Rize ghoul into Kaneki to transform him into a ghoul. Okay. So and that is how do, Kaneki Do they explain that this very specific process has been done multiple times and Kaneki is like the one exception where it just so happened to work out or was this like a one and done kind of thing and boom here we go no it it was not explained that way um it was just a kind of like the he was like as he was torturing Kaneki he was like do you really think this is uh the doctor did this on accident and you were just randomly turned into a ghoul and um he's like no you didn't get just a kidney transplant it was the rc i'm just gonna call it an rc sack and that's what is in your body and kaneki just kind of like that cracking in your brain that you see in in shows like that was the kind of thing where it's kind of like breaking that ice okay and it starts just suddenly making sense yep and then that so and he talks about how this doctor is and kaneki is not the only person that this doctor has done experiments on right and it's just again that psychological torturing that jason's doing to kaneki okay well that's awesome i'm glad that that got answered because like i reached out to you earlier that was such a burning question in my (laughs) head like i need some backstory on this fucking surgery because i don't want this to be some stupid anime logic to just carry on the story like i want this to be Explain a little bit more. So awesome. I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> the only hint, I'll call it that, the only hint you can take from the series is when Kaneki is talking to the doctor and he's like, everything tastes gross. Exactly. Oh, that's another reason I was gonna bring up. Was like Kaneki explained point blank that everything is gross, which yep. is a typical ghoul thing. Yep. And you'd think that a hospital doctor, nurse, or whatever would pick up on that specific sign, especially if you're living in that world. Like, yep. oh, we all know that ghouls don't like human food. Yep. And then Kaneki sitting there like, oh, this, all this amazing food that you're giving me tastes disgusting. And that's the very first thing he says. Like, And the doctor's just like, 
Oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's to be expected with trauma and uh-huh. and that type of stuff. And you're like, is it though? Yep. Is it though? And uh, yeah, that's no, it, exactly why I started questioning it. Yeah, it, and I get it. It 100 makes sense why you'd question it after a couple views. <laughs> no, it's even after like the second or third time. Well, probably about the third time. <laughs> the third time you're like, wait, what? No, that's not right. Yeah, we start nitpicking stuff. Yeah. And then we start breaking shit down. Yeah, exactly. Or we dive we we dive too deep sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, you you got to go way deep into your favorite shows. Mm-hmm. So it's I'd be interested cuz I haven't read super super far into season 2 if you get any more information about the doctor if that's it. I feel like so you you've watched Re. I wonder if that doctor is the ones that do the experimenting in Re. I wonder too because I've seen okay up to this moment I've seen season one like five or six times. Yep. I've seen season two twice. Yep. Still can't make heads or tails about anything. Yep. And I've only seen Re once. So I yep. mean, once we get to there in the future, uh, maybe we'll come to more of an understanding, especially with your Matt's manga mentions to maybe tie in some loose ends. Yep. I mean, only the future can tell at this point. So I will tell you, this is what I've seen from the internet. A lot of people complain about season two because it makes no sense compared to the manga. Right. Yeah, I've, I've tried to do a little research myself. Beyond that, I'm not sure. Yep. Our listeners will find out when we talk about season two. And I break down what's going on and all those fun differences. And then you can make or break your answer off of that. But as far as season one's concerned, that's all we got as far as the doctor is concerned. And it'll be interesting if we get any more information or if that's just more stuff. Um, more stuff we're going to have to wait for maybe in Re where we get that information. Right. I just remember Re being such scattershot fucking bullshit that I was so confused that entire season. I watched it twice. You watched Re twice and you... I watched it subbed and dubbed. Damn. So I watched it when it first came I watched, out. I watched it subbed. So, I mean, like, sometimes it's harder to yep. pick up on every nuisance. Minute details. Nuisance. I think that's the word. Nuances. Nuances, that's the word. Yeah, when you're sitting there trying to read everything and pay attention to the action, sometimes it gets difficult in these action anime. Yep. So before we continue, this is a good moment to take a quick break. And now that we're back from our break, I got to pour myself some of that new riff uh, whiskey that Lance had talked about earlier. And we one topic that I really want to, that I'm excited to talk about, is going to be the opening credits. I 100% have to say this is probably my favorite uh, song and my favorite opening as far as, not necessarily about the, the content of the opening, but just the song. I have this song on my Spotify playlist twice. I have the original and I have the basically metal version of this song. So our listeners know I am definitely one of those screamo, hard rock. Granted, I do like some emo pop punk music as well. But when it comes to my taste in music a day to remember bring me the horizon um bad omens i suicide silence heavy stuff is what i really enjoy so i'm 100 percent on the same page <laughs> as you right there but we don't need to make this into a side conversation yes and 
the second version that I have is actually in English, which Lance, I had you listen to before we even started. That was kind of cool to listen to it in English. Yeah, dude. Just for a quick moment, you show me this metal hardcore version with English lyrics. Yep. And I thought it was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, he he did an amazing job. Uh, For anybody, any of our listeners, this is um, Elon Vital. If you look him up on Spotify, definitely do it. It's it's a good version of the opening credits, especially yeah. if you want to listen to it in English. Yeah, definitely worth the shout out. So go look him up. If you love this opening scene, and I'm sure 75% of you do, if you want a little bit more metal core to go with that, follow that person. Yep. I liked it better than the Jujutsu Kaisen opening. I thought that one was really good. I like it better than Spirit Bomb, Smile Bomb, excuse me. Smile Bomb, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes. Uh, that was, that's number two, but Unravel is my number one opening song. That's your number one? Yep. Ooh, it, it, I mean, it's got some deep hardcoreness to it. Um, personally, myself, Yu Yu Hakusho, Smile Bomb. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just too much emotional impact in there. I can't, I can't override that. The only... I just keep getting this picture of, uh, you know, Mike Wazowski just kind of dancing to the music, but not having any idea what the what the words are. That's me <laughs> whenever Unravel goes on. Yeah. And but the nice thing about Smile Bomb is that it, it is in English, so I do know the words that are exactly. Being said. Yeah, you know they were they were smart about that. And I wish, I mean, we don't want to be sued in the future for throwing. <laughs> For throwing um, this intro song into the mix, but like we, all, I mean, if you guys have watched this series, you you know this intro song. Yep. And if you know it, you fucking love it. Yep. Everybody falls in love with this song. And if you want to put my two cents into this, and like I was telling you, Matt, the first five or so seconds of it is a little weird. Yep. Because it sounds so echoey slash weak slash it's got a lot of buildup it's weird and then as soon what as soon as you get rid of that first five seconds worth boom it just fucking explodes into such beautiful fucking music i yes tokyo ghoul's opening theme song is just so goddamn catchy yeah it really is it's so good and i'm glad you agree that it is one of the one of the better ones um i especially when i'm working out it's great to listen to like as you, as all of our listeners know. Oh, not even that. I, I could listen to this song while I work out. Yes. And yeah, it's be, I, And I it's did. because I can imagine, I, I'm just going to picture ghoul shit going on <laughs> and it'll pump me up. But sorry, go on. Um, I, as our listeners know, we don't really like watching the opening credits only because it gives things away. This opening credits, visually. 100, yes, visually, it visually. gives things away. This opening credits is the exact same thing. Like, once you get to episode 11, no, excuse me, 12, you see the white hair, you're like, oh, okay, yep, now I know what's going on. And Yeah, yeah because for the first 11 episodes, you see this random-ass white-haired dude at the end of the credit scenes. You're like, yep. who the fuck is this guy? Is he going to be the final boss? Well, you know it's Kaneki. It looks like Kaneki, but with white hair. Ooh, I would say the opposite Okay. I thought because Kaneki was such a bitch, <laughs> I did not I did not want to compare the two because it never crossed my mind. Like Kaneki was this pussy ass guy who wanted to just make he would, peace between both worlds. 
And then at the final credit scene, you have this white haired guy. You he's menacing. I mean, let's be honest, because he has white hair, because he's menacing, and he's the final scene of this opening scene. Yep. So you want to think that he's gonna be something super important. Well, he is. <laughs> he is. But at the same time, we find out that you know he's kind of is. If I were to compare. The opening credit scene to what I later found out yeah. throughout the series, I would have not compared the two to, to be synonymous. Okay, yeah. When I when I first watched this, I was like, "What has happened to Kaneki that he turns white?" Or was it because you know sometimes in the opening credits they just kind of allow for free will? So I thought maybe it was that, and then you find out at the end of the season that nope, that's what he turns into, and you're like, "Oh, what the fuck!" All right, on top of the whole fucked up situation where he gets tortured but beyond that i know we hadn't done a whole lot of talking about the season itself so is there a specific person that you're more interested in i know i brought up uh hita but was there anybody else besides the doctor that you wanted to know more about i mean i guess i wanted to know more about jason like yeah they they went into some kind of detail about jason about how he was tortured okay and he like like they have previous pictures of him yep before he got some what for whatever reason so he, he gets got tortured did, he he gets captured they go into it in the manga he gets captured and a human basically does the same thing to CCG? him ccg yep Okay, in so the, okay, okay. Uh, I want to say the 13th Ward, it might have been a different one, and does essentially what Jason did to Kaneki, which was inject him in the eye with yep. that RC suppressant to injection. Immobilize him. Uh, not immobilize him, but it allows... Suppresses Kagure. Yes, Kagure and it allows... It essentially turns a ghoul into a human in the manner in which their skin can be cut up um and it doesn't take anything special to cut them up right which is the further description of what this drug does yep and he gets tortured in the manner and then he goes insane and unlike kaneki where he's like he's gonna turn insane but he wants to save all of his friends and everything still Jason turns into the dove that was torturing him and lashes out on everybody else that he captures. Right. Because they were saying he turned into the person. Every person that Jason ended up interrogating for a light word, he ended up using those same interrogation techniques Yep. on literally every victim that yep. he came in Everything was whatever until Kaneki. So they, they do bring it up how half ghouls are more powerful. DBZ reference, by the way. Are more... I mean, that's most animes. Uh, that half valid. and half. Half and half always has more power. Yes. Which, obviously, the first thing I thought of was, like, Gohan and uh, Goten and and uh, Trunks. They're, they're half, so they're going to be way more powerful. Than, right. But... It's a different conversation. Yes. Uh, and so, this was probably the first half ghoul individual that Jason 
interacted with. Yeah. Which is not surprising because at this point we know of two, potentially three. Whoa, 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 whoa. At this point, we as, we, a, as viewers know of two. So we know of Kaneki. We know of the owl. Okay, well, Kaneki is the one being... Tortured. Tortured, yes. Yes. And then we know of the owl. Do we, though? Yes, because they make reference to it in episode 11. Because... Okay, like, he's... I would say he's, like, fluffing around. Like, he's he's that marshmallow that nobody is allowed to touch. Okay. And, like, as, as soon as you know... Like, as soon as you see his fucking shadow and some episode 12 where he fucking bursts down and yep. shit fucking gets happening. Like, and yep. then the dude on the intercom was like, hey. Expendable people and people who are willing to die. That's yeah. it. Like, hey, <laughs> if, I mean, this this is the owl. If you stay, you are most likely going to die. Yep. But, like, shit's going to get real. Yep. And the other one, you can kind of infer potentially if you don't want to think of the one-eyed owl as the one-eyed king as they bring up um just very you can't say that because that's season two shit you can't is it oh shit because that they do mention it in the manga so it's getting me confused okay well don't do okay as far as monk or sorry so so let me anime is concerned don't jump too far ahead because what you just said right there is season two so, let me refer to that. Okay. So, the they do make reference to the one-eyed owl. And then, and then in the manga, they reference the one-eyed king. So, you can potentially assume that the one-eyed owl and the one-eyed king are the same person because it's the CCG that named the individual that you see at the end of episode 12 as the one-eyed owl. And the Algiri tree could potentially say that as the same person. They could be synonymous, but just different names. Or you could be like, all right, well, if he's the one-eyed owl, who's the one-eyed king that's in charge of the Algiri tree? Because obviously the, excuse me, because we don't know who the one-eyed owl is. That makes sense? But do we? You can only, you can only say that because you know of season two. Yes. Yes, um, yes, you're right. Spoiler alert, we do know who the One-Eyed Owl is only because we've seen the season two. Granted, this show is from... When When was um, Tokyo Cool released? Well, season one? Quick Google search. So, season one was released in July of 2014. So, really, at this point, anything... That is technically a spoiler for as far as season two and Tokyo Ghoul Re is concerned. It, it's I'm sorry, like it, it's been eight years since the season season one has been launched. So plus we're a podcast that fucking spoils everything. Yeah, that I is mean, also true. We are on. I mean, to be honest, we're gonna try to focus specifically on season one. Yep. So we can go that route. Yep. Um, so is there what anything else? Any I know there were some topics that you were trying to you wanted to ask about. Yeah, so I have a question. Yes. Um Risei's death. Yes. In episode four, they've made a little bit of mention that there was a rumor that Risei's death itself was on purpose. Yes. Um the anime itself never exaggerated on anything of the sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was super fucking weird that, yeah, Rise died because this construction zone had some faulty fucking things going on. Yep. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of fucking beams fell down. Yes. All the beams. 
All the memes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All the memes. Anime logic. Shit went wrong. Everybody, well, I mean, Kaneke and Risei died. Well, Kaneke didn't die. But yes, anyway. I mean, he did die. And so... In the anime, he never actually dies, but in order for him to live, he had to get this transplant. Okay, so let's throw some anime logic into this space. Um, Kaneke just so happened to survive these beams that fell down. Yes. He just so happened... Okay, so... A beam fucking injected Rise. She died because nobody, even a ghoul, could not survive the physics of a, a beam fucking injecting you and being impaled in, by impa- a shit ton of beams. Yeah, exactly. That's way too much damage. Yeah. So okay. So anime logic. Kaneki survives. Yep. He was not impaled. Yes. That's cool. Um, I don't know about from this. I have no idea what you're trying to ask. Something about being impaled by beams, Rize. Okay, so somehow Kaneki survives this random tragedy. Okay. Rize is the only one who is impaled by these beams. Yep. Kaneki gets this transfusion by this doctor. Yep. Who we brought in we brought up in the past. I don't know. It's so fucking crazy. Are you asking if it was an accident? Like do you are you asking if you do you think it was an accident? Okay. Yeah. I mean that brings up to uh, yeah, thank you. This brings up a conversation that I had prior to this uh conversation was was this somehow premeditated? Oh fuck yeah. I think it was one hundred percent on purpose. And- I, I think uh, the doctor coerced with Jason because sorry, sorry, the surgeon. Yes, the surgeon. Yes, I yes. want. I want to put so much emphasis on the surgeon. Yes, I think and the the as- surgeon um, teamed up with Jason. Only the only reason why I think Jason is because we see him in the beginning teamed up with Jason and basically was like, "Hey, I can get you a better Rise if you kill her." Mm-hmm. And so I think that was his infatuation with her. Besides her being very strong, which we we do know that she was in the was it the eleventh ward with uh, Banjo? Maybe, yeah, that sounds. Wh- whichever ward Banjo was in, which is why he was in love with Rise, was because that she was in the same ward with him. Mm-hmm. And I think the doctor convinced Jason that he could get a better toy. If he killed Rise. Mm-hmm. So he purposely caused this accident to happen in order to kill Rise. And then the doctor was able to do the organ transplant on Kaneki. Right. And Kaneki just happened to be a bystander uh, with the whole situation. Right. And the only reason I want to bring that into scope is because in episode four, they mentioned that there was a rumor that someone was on top of the skyscrapers, on top of whatever, and there may have been a legit reason why, for whatever reason, these skyscrapers went to fault. Well, I mean, a shit ton of... Steel beams don't just randomly fall for no reason. Every engineer knows the ins and outs of how to handle any situation. Well, it's even the workers would have had everything tied up so that you don't. I mean, I can be kind of lazy at work. I don't want to give myself more work. I'm going to make sure that everything is tied down properly so then I don't have to pick everything up and put it up 20, 30, 40, whatever many floors it is. 
at the top of the skyscraper to continue the work I was doing on that Monday. Say, say it was a weekend on that Monday. Yeah, it was just a bad Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely feels like a Monday. Some some dude had a bad Monday. He was fucking hungover, and that's why Rize died. No, that's that's not <laughs> no. the actual reason. No, there's no anime logic in that one. It was 100 percent on purpose. Yeah, and I am perfectly fine with that. One thing I will say that I was going to bring up in the in the manga mentions, I can bring it up now. You get no inclination of Jason until he storms on Teku that first time. So Why when he like episode like nine, yeah, ten. So when, when he makes his reference into the anime, yep, and on Teku. It, the cafe the, shop. Sorry, we should. Anteku is the name of the cafe. Yes. So when yeah. he storms Anteku, that is the first time you see Jason in the manga. Fucking for real? Yeah. That late? Yes. Wow. Yes. The okay. Well, the anime. They they make constant some... references to him. I would say I wouldn't say constant, but they Not, make right. sprinkled references, especially in the beginning, like the first couple of episodes. They make a couple of references, and then later on, they make more references. I mean, more specifically, when he wants that those fucking pliers. Yep, you see the you like you see the pliers. You see him talking with Rise in the beginning, right in the very beginning. Yep, and you see a couple other references um, throughout the anime before. He storms into Anteku, or you see him, and then, but in the manga, no, you do not see him at all until you see him in Anteku. Now, they do make a couple of references as far as um, there's some terrible ghouls, like you can kind of put two and two together if you've seen the anime, but as far as Jason himself, you don't have any reference towards him. Um, on, on this vein of Jason... Yes. Do you recognize his voice as another common voice actor? Yes, but I cannot put two and two together. All right. So the voice actor for Jason is the voice actor for All Might. Yes. Yes. My hero. Like once you say it, I'm like, there we go. Now it's snapped into place. So ironically, it's so funny that the voice actor for Jason is such a super fucking villainous actor and then like a couple years later he's like this super the exact like, opposite 100 percent the exact opposite of, he is the voice for the main hero but it's just so funny that yeah it's just funny to put those voices together like yeah i'm gonna fucking ruin your life in in tokyo Go- ghoul yeah in tokyo ghoul and, and then, then a year or two later he's gonna be the hero voice for the, my hero academia the, i am here yep it, it's kind of funny the range when it comes to voice actors because Ooh. yeah i just want to say like the deep voice for jason is so fucking perfect for that fish-faced fucking looking guy oh i agree 100 percent agree it's he he did such a good job on the amazing. voice actor amazing he's so that deep you need that deep voice to go with it like Oh, it was so menacing. And then even even in All Might, it's such a great... Yeah, he's a very good voice actor. I can't wait for your um, So You Know segment. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I'll post uh, So You Know This Voice Actor was this guy (laughs) also. So you can see it again. You can see it in internet form that the voice actor for 
Jason is the same voice actor for All Might. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. So ironic. Yeah, because it was like every time I heard him talk, I'm like, where is he from? I know exactly where he's from, but I can't picture his, his face. And yep, I'm glad you said something because I, complete, I couldn't put two and two together. Um, That being said, Jason, as fucked up as he is, his viciousness is so fucking crazy but like his voice like yeah it's such yeah. the perfect voice yeah, for because like there's a, there's those notes like yeah okay i'll show you why this is what like there was like three i, I didn't write these down and i, I know this makes for a horrible podcast but like there's <laughs> like two or three times when he's like yeah okay i'll fuck you up and yep. like like damn dude he went from zero to a hundred and just like he shows you why he's such a bad guy yeah he he is your ultimate villain so to continue on with that um i have another concept to bring up was gourmet the the ghoul that wanted to eat kaneki yeah yeah the purple guy um so he had this handkerchief yep that he obtained okay so to bring everyone into context uh gourmet and Kaneki went on like a a coffee date and Gourmet started getting into this emotional compact where him and Rise were like friends. Not friends necessarily, but like they were coming into like a contradiction. Like Gourmet got mad and yep. like he crushed his coffee cup. Yep. And that coffee cup okay, so that coffee cup shattered. He crushed it with his bare hand. Yep. And Kaneki touched it. Yeah. And so that coffee cup pierced Kaneki. Okay. And it made him bleed. And and then Gourmet is like, oh, here, here's my handkerchief. Let me soak that up for you. Yep. And the only problem I have with that is Kaneki tried shoving a blade into his, you know, his stomach to prove that he was a ghoul because a sharp blade, yep. a fucking knife, couldn't pierce him and it did zero damage to him. Yep. But here we have a shard of a coffee cup <laughs> fucking made him bleed. So here's some fucking anime logic. And yeah. it made him bleed. And so this is where Gourmet got that blood sample from him. And yep. he was breathing in on it. And he made the rest of his audience realize that. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, it was, okay, I just I just wanted to throw that into the mix. Was, yes, I think so, that was I think that was bad writing. I agree. I I one hundred percent agree. That's probably one of my least favorite parts of season one because you get the point of Kaneki not being able to even stab himself. They make giant effect that he can't get hurt by a blade, but then a random shard from exactly. a cup of coffee can hurt himself. Now, if you want to throw a dagger into it, be like, oh, maybe because it's coffee and they can ingest it, well, that it has some sort of... Not only that, the only defense that I can give them is that because Kaneki has not been eating human flesh and his body itself was weak so maybe the tiniest shard could inflict a little bit of damage which totally disregards the fact that you know he was starving after his surgery and uh, so he was more starving at this point when he had his meeting with gourmet or his lunch date lunch gathering whatever you want to call it he he was more starving at that point yeah. than when he tried to stab himself but i don't i think it's just bad writing on that part yep if you want to throw in like i said earlier that coffee because that's the only thing that they can ingest where they 
enjoy the taste. No. It might have something to do with it, but I, I don't Co- think so. Coffee was just the only thing that they can just enjoy. It, coffee by itself was just a natural substance that yep. both parties could enjoy together. Yep. The coffee that he's been enjoying hasn't necessarily been blood infused, whatever. But he could, so the, the blood infusion sugar cubes were just to help subside his cravings. Right. But the fact that they can actually enjoy coffee, guess you can say played a part of it, but I don't think so. I think you're really trying to stretch it if you want to be like, well, that they can enjoy the coffee, so then it must be able to injure them in some way. I think that's kind of really trying way too hard to make sense of something that doesn't actually make sense. Yeah. I mean, I know I know, I'm diving a little bit into it. Yep. Sounds like you need more beer. Yeah. Um, any other beer? Let's take a quick break. And now that we're back from another one of our breaks, one question that I have is, would you make of the, was it Utah? Utah? The mask guy. Yep, the flamboyant guy. Yeah, I, I guess you can go with that. He he was uh, eccentric. That's that's how I would call him. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a uh, in interesting individual. Mm-hmm. Utah. Yes, I was right. Utah, the guy who makes the mess. Just correct. Yep. Uh, what what did you make of him? I don't know. I thought I. Th- I mean, he does have this weird curiosity about him. But when he said that, like, when he needed to know more about Kaneki to individualize his own personal mask, like, yep. I guess at that point I was totally on board with however he was gonna be. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I just bought into his character development right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah he was... He was interesting. A little, a little bit different, yep. One thing that I, I enjoyed is that they bought Yomo and Yuta together being like, oh, we used to be deviants. We were kind of like how Toka was when we were younger, when they were ta- when they were in the um, cafe bar talking. They are yep. kind of having that gathering. Yep. And it, it was just kind of, kind of cool to see, like, hey, just be some development in the individuals it's like they they weren't just a linear where all right so we're fucked up teenagers per se it's rebellious <laughs> they're, they're, there's re- just because they're ghouls doesn't mean that they have their own rebellious humans. they're humans yeah exactly just because they're ghouls doesn't mean that they don't have the same lifeline kind of aspect to themselves as humans do where you're in your younger years you're going to be a little bit more rebellious do kind of stupid things when you're younger especially compared to when you're older where now they're just kind of calm and not saying that they can't be badass which we find out in yomo's case that he's very much of a of a badass we don't get to see yuta do really anything but that doesn't mean that he can't be good in battle or do anything for the um, Anteku group. Right. So it, it was just really, really cool to see because you don't get to see that too often where you see an individual as an adult and they're like, oh yeah, they were, we were 
in reference to the character that we know now were as in our younger years. It's just kind of cool to see. Right. I, I watched all of season two. Not to say I remember anything yep. in particular because everything was so goddamn confusing. <laughs> um, but because I know we're going to cover season two next, I would like to see more of Yomo's personality slash Kagre slash... I just want to see... You want to see more of him? I want to see more of him. Because he he is clearly a badass yep. as far as that bar has is, is concerned. I want to see him show more. Yeah, he definitely gives off that aura of, I'm a complete badass, and I don't need to show you to prove to myself or you that I am what I know I am. Exactly. And yeah, it's just kind of like the... And I'm trying to blank on the other guy that talks about being the devil ape. Oh, the other random ass employee of Yes. Yeah, like I'm yeah, I, I have like the devil devil something that he yeah, brought he, up well, twice in the series. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm this this is the reason why I've been named this devil whatever. And well, they, then like they both, call him the the devil ape. Devil ape? Yep. Like a monkey? Yep. Devil ape? Yep. Okay. Which um, makes sense in season two. But in season one, all you know him, you're just kind of like, just why a, would you call him that? He's, he's just this random guy that that, that our other uh, characters just dismiss. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, you have this fucking awesome name. But we are currently fucking fighting about who is, what well, it was because Toka and Nishio were fighting about. Yep, just random things. Exactly. And, it's kind of like, all right, old man, you keep living in the past. Whatever you think you are, you're not that great. Just kind of. Right. And then, of course, you find out that it's exactly what you thought it was. But in the time, it's all right. And that's all you could think about it. Right. So just more questions to add to season one. Yep. I was terrible at taking notes as far as questions were concerned. Do you have any other questions? Nope. I think I have answered every question that I've written down at this moment. Are we ready to run into Matt's manga mentions? All right. Okay. So this is, um, I would say, pretty a little less standard. So most of the time, as our fellow listeners know, or as our frequent listeners know, anywhere from four to five pages is your standard added detail bits of information. I'm at six and a half pages of notes. So it's a little bit more, um, especially towards the end of season one is when things started getting a lot of changes. We'll just start putting it that way. Uh, For our listeners, my suggestion would be to start reading the manga at chapter 66 because that is when the Jason and Kaneki fight starts. Um, I made it to chapter 71 and there were still very little bits of information that were being transferred from season one to the manga. So my suggestions start on, excuse me, I started on, I was on chapter 73, not 71, and it was still referencing, uh, season one. And to put it in perspective, there's 144 chapters in the manga series so about halfway and like i had said i would go to chapter 66 
to start reading it because the fight with Jason and Kaneki was awesome. Um, a lot longer than the 10 seconds that it lasted in the anime, just to let everybody know. So again, my suggestion, if you wanted to start it after the Jason fight, you could probably start around chapter 70 because that's when they reference, or that's the first time you see the one-eyed owl and then 70 and then 71, they make references to Toka's past and you get more information on that. But if you wanted to skip all that, you can go to 72 and kind of continue on from there, which would be about, which would would be exactly half. That, um, just obviously for my, because I enjoyed the Jason and Kaneki fight so much, I would suggest to go from 66 and continue on because you get extra information about Toka and uh, what was her brother's name? Uh, Ayato? Not Ayato. Um, yeah, Ayato. Yeah, sorry. So uh, Toka and Ayato, you get a bunch of information about them as they're growing up. You uh, see Mato investigating in the area in which they are living. You see the whole thing that they're looking for, which is kids being super picky. So Lance, unfortunately, you don't know what it's like for a child to be super picky, but it's the being picky. And then there's being a ghoul picky, which is they want absolutely nothing to do with any type of food. And, um, I mean, my, my daughter is three and a half and she says she wants like something and you'll be like, no, you do like that. And she just kind of goes, oh, okay. And then starts eating it versus a ghoul versus which they adamantly know that they do not like normal food. So there's a good example of the difference between what a ghoul and a, a toddler would be as far as not liking food is concerned. Yep. And that's what the CCG is looking for is that they you can tell the difference between a toddler or a young kid not liking food and a ghoul not liking food. Just like Kaneki when he was in the hospital. Um, and you see some other things that uh, Toka's dad does to kind of help bl- make sure that they blend in. So she Toka got a um, a cut or a nick or a rip on one of her clothing, and he made sure that it was hemmed instantly to make sure that she blended in with the human world because they were looking for raggediness in children. That was a sign that they were ghouls instead of humans. So just extra bits of information. And then we had already talked about the bird, but to go back to the beginning, so the manga starts out a little different than the anime in which the manga starts with Hide and Kaneki in Anteku versus in the anime where they're talking where it's uh Rise and Jason talking yeah but as we know as you and I had talked about previously you don't even know about Jason until what episode nine what would be equivalent to episode nine yeah I mean outside of episode one yeah we don't know shit about Jason yep. until the second half of season one. Yep. And you, I don't think you get introduced to Jason until like ep- or chapter 50 something. I wish I would have wrote it down. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible host. And I did not write that bit of information down. But yeah, you don't get introduced to Jason until way later in the series. 
so Kaneki and Hide hear, uh, hear the news talking about ghoul attacks. And Kon- Hide asks Kaneki if he believes in ghouls. And Kaneki says that he doesn't believe in ghouls. And whoa, 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 whoa. Believes as in like... He thinks it's fake. He yes. Thinks, like, it's just some conspiracy theory? Basically. Yeah, he, think, he thinks it's not a thing. What the fuck? Yep. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, go on. No, no, you're good. I mean, that's just... <laughs> um, I mean, if it's, if it's one thing you want to throw into this mix, let's just throw in a small conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Continue. And then they have a, like, a drawing competition. It's like, all right, well, if ghouls were a thing, what do you think they would be? And Kaneki basically drew a picture of Ogre from Yu Yu Hakusho, where it's like some super obnoxious thing that would never blend into society. And Hide drew some demon. Yeah. Um. Basically, but more of a human form demon. They were both really abstract. But I mean, in in this isekai. Well, this isn't an isekai, oh, but yes, sorry, you're right. It's, it's <laughs> not. But in this world, yes, humans and ghouls are indescribable. Yes, they they are one and the same to an average person. Would. Kind of the point. Yeah. So Hide and Kaneki spend a lot more time together even after Kaneki turns into a ghoul. So when... Oh, so after... Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry. So in the anime... He basically isolates himself. Yeah. So there's complete isolation, but in the manga... He does not. There, There's more of a friendship, and they, they do talk a lot more? So, yes, they definitely do. And then they... He... The rejection of him potentially being a ghoul is much stronger. So Kaneki and Hide go to Kaneki's favorite restaurant, which is Fat Girl. Yeah, they may mention that in the beginning, that they, burger shop. Yep, the burger yeah. shop, and that's the first place they go. So as soon as Kaneki is released from the hospital, that's where they go. Okay. And... I mean, honestly, I'm glad they did that because they made mention of that. Yes. Just, just in general. Yeah, it was just kind of a one-off. You're kind of like, what? what? All right, okay. Yeah, because in the anime, it was just some random-ass thing that it threw out there. Yeah, and Kaneki does what any normal ghoul will do where he tries to eat. Well, he does what any normal ghoul would do if they didn't know how to interact with people. Where he tries to eat and interact with people... Where he tries to eat and just fails miserably. So fails he, miserably as in like he takes a bite out of this burger and then all of a sudden he's like he's ready to puke. Yeah, yeah. Where he takes a bite out of his favorite burger in quotations uh-huh. and instantly thinks it's the worst thing he has ever eaten in his life. Damn. Where he's basically eating raw sewage kind of thing. Um, okay. Wow. The first ghoul that Kaneki runs into is Toka. Okay, well, okay, so as far as the anime goes, the first ghoul in the anime that he sees is that random-ass guy in the alley. So, so there is a series of events that happens prior to the guy in the alley. Okay. And, and it is with Toka, and she is being pestered by some random dude, and she decapitates him. She, like, chops his head in half and kills him. And he starts freaking out because he's not used to it. And then... Kaneki sees all of this? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of walking by, and then 
And this has nothing to do with the original concept of where Kaneki runs into the random ghoul yep. who wants to offer him yep. a little bit of his feed. Yep. So Kaneki is not at his breaking point of starving at this point. It is after they go to Fat Girl, but before he runs into the random ghoul feeding in the alleyway. Wow. Okay. So there's a little bit of it, it's just circulation. a time period. Okay. So. So, so, okay, so in concept, there is some... Time lapse? Uh, as, as far as manga canon, some shit happens. Mm-hmm. Just a slight time lapse between um, Kaneki getting released from the hospital and then becoming his starving self. Because remember, you can go a month without food. Right, at, at least a month. Yeah. Yep, and then... They talk about how the CCG knew of Hinami's mom. So, uh, Ryoko. Ryoko. Ryoko, excuse me. Uh, was a ghoul um, because she had gone to the gravesite of Hinami's dad. And. Ooh, a gravesite? So, yes. Okay, so in the but anime. It, had... it's, it's more of a burial site, not a gravesite, but yes. Okay, all, all I want to say about that was in the anime, they had zero idea that dad was dead. Yeah, they they want, well, Hinami's mother knew that he was dead. Um, Hinami did not. Ooh, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, there's still a little bit of a stretch between the two. Yeah. Like, that's just mom protecting the child, of course. That's fine. But, yeah, okay, that's, that's I mean, it's not much of a difference, but... Yeah, continue. Um, and then they they call her by number. Basically, they were tracking her and then figured out it was her because she was the only one that would know that a ghoul was buried there. And they found the ghoul mask buried at the gravesite. Um, Mato dug up the gravesite and found the mask. And that's how they figured out that Hinami's mother was a ghoul because they know that ghouls wear masks. Okay. And they just correlated the two between the woman that they saw at the grave, at the burial site, and then the mask-wearing individual who is dead. Because they knew he was a ghoul because they killed him. Are you saying mom knew about the death and attended yeah. the funeral? No, not attended the funeral, but just kind of went to the burial site to grieve. And then because... So she, but regardless, she knew dad was dead. Yes, Yes. Okay, interesting. And then because that's not what the anime was. Yeah, no, he was he was one hundred percent dead. Again, we did not know about Jason until way later in the manga. Yeah. So as far as the manga is concerned, so the whole Jason was a different story. So the whole Jason going to the house and requesting the set of um, Kagane pliers mm-hmm. was not a thing. The, the Queen K the Queen pliers. K the Queen K pliers yes yeah. exactly yeah that that never happened in the manga so father Hinami's father was dead the whole time wow okay that's a I mean that's not like okay it is it's a, a dramatic le- difference it's a difference but not a sh- I wouldn't even call it a dramatic difference but it was a difference. Sure, okay. Because it's not really... Hinami and her mother were still gone. Yep. Regardless of the regardless of the reasoning why. Yep. So, and then they knew that Hinami's mother was a ghoul because of what I had mentioned earlier. Um, one thing that I would say is kind of a big difference is that it's Toka that's 
the one that trains Kaneki in combat, not Yomo. Oh, really? Yes. Because, I mean, as far as the anime is concerned, we all know that big buff Yomo in the trench coat is the one that trains him how to fight physically. Yeah. But what you're saying in the manga is that Toka is the one that trains... Yep. And she basically calls Kaneki fluffy. <laughs> Essentially, she's like, you have no muscle on your body. You need to train yourself to harden your body and essentially calls him fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a newbie who has no idea how to harden himself and become, you know, someone who can defend himself. This, this dude has been a push around. So, yeah, of course, he's fluffy. You could he he was 100 percent a pacifist. Oh, yeah. Where he... According to his mom's standards, yeah. Yep. Then some other... One thing I would call a big difference is the order and events that happens. So the that ghoul investigator that died by Toka happened prior to Kaneki meeting up with Gourmet. The old man? Uh, the young the young guy with the glasses. And the and uh Mato. Oh, so the old so the young guy who was in the, the noodle shop who was like, yep. I, I wanna be just like what's his name and like uh Amon? Armon. Armon. Amon. Amon. Yes, that's what it is. Uh so yes, just uh the that guy and Mato dying happened prior to Kaneki meeting up with the gourmet. Um so like I said, just some series of events was shuffled around I can't call that really a big difference, but it is kind of critical to timeline stuff just because it's kind of weird. Like, if you really think about it, Lance, you've watched this a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Timeline stuff is kind of like, it almost seems like it jumps back and forth, like when you think about it. So then after that, um, like another thing is Hinami was living with Toka prior to uh, Gourmet going to the coffee, going to Anteku to introduce himself to Kaneki. So like his very, very first introduction when he just walked into that cafe shop. Yep. Uh, Hinami was already living with Toka at that point. Just oh. kind of put it in perspective. Okay, yeah. So as the anime perspective, Hinami was pretty much brand new into the anime. Yep. So that was it was very quick. Yep. So as far as the anime goes, Hinami was brand new and it needed time to evolve into Hinami living with Toka. Yep. And what the manga is, what you're saying is Hinami was already living with Toka much prior to this whole situation. Yep, exactly. Just she had been introduced and there longer. Um, the whole so then after that, you the reason why Kaneki put himself in a situation to get enticed or trapped by Gourmet was because he wanted to know more information about Rize. Um, I don't remember her name, but the the owner of the bar that you see Kaneki talking to, I don't remember. I don't remember what her name was. Her name? Yeah, the the bar, the owner of the bar with Yota and... Oh, that girl who was yep. like, hey, I'm nonchalant. Like, I'll share, like, a splash of, like, blood wine with you. Yep. Just... Just that random ass girl. Yep. So she's she's the owner of that bar. 
but she wants information on Gourmet and will not give any information about Rise without the information on Gourmet. Other than Rise came from the 11th War or something like that. Pretty much being like... As far as the anime is concerned. So according to the manga, she was like, hey, all I know is Rise is from the 11th Ward. If you want to know anything else, you got to let me know where Gourmet... Give me information on Gourmet. Okay. It's a I scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. Exactly. That's perfect. I I like that. And it's definitely one of those things where she won't give out her information unless she has a benefit to it and so she entices Kaneki to pretty much put him up as bait with Gourmet because he had no intention of befriending or interacting with Gourmet because he believed Toka in that he was bad news but he wanted to know more about uh, Rise so that's why he did it okay interesting and one thing that's kind of different but not really the end of the world is that the gluttonous event that happens where Kaneki is at the gourmet event he does not drink the coffee and then the other thing is is that there's two other people there with him so there's three in total so sorry when you say gourmet event is this when he's at the restaurant is this when the purple haired gourmet guy is getting him in the yep where he's at that one location becoming the food, essentially. And we got that fatty guy with the cross-bladed thing, wants to chop him in pieces. Scrapper. Yes, that's his name. His Scrapper? Scrapper. Yep. Okay. So, okay, so... There's... It, uh, he was calling out to Mama and all that yep. stuff. So, the, the, really, the really big fat guy calling Mama, his yep. name is Scrapper. He's trying to kill Kaneki. Yep. So, so in that whole event where... There's, or May is trying to get him into this. He's just trying to make a play. Yep. He, he's trying to have dinner be served, if you want to call it. Sure. That. Yep. And there are three people there. So it's Kaneki and then two humans. Okay, so there is more involved than just Kaneki. Yep. Um, one individual gets chopped up, like, instantaneously. And the other individual... Was there because she got enticed by a ghoul that tricked her. Essentially, that's what happened. Beyond that, it's essentially what happened in the anime. Not a big deal. So the the big takeaway is there was humans... Yes. There was was humans originally involved and... Humans were on the menu, if you want to call it that. Sure. Okay. So... Suzuka, the, uh, I think that's his name, the guy with the stitches on his face and all over his body. Suzuyo. Suzio. okay, excuse me. Uh, he was introduced mm, a little bit differently. Okay, yeah, Mr. Stitchface. Yeah. The crazy-ass kid who was also 19 at the same age as Kaneki. Yeah. Who pickpocketed him. Uh, so you get first introduced to him by... Him just basically cutting up a bunch of ghouls. Okay. That's that's the first interaction you have with him. Um, then he is sitting in a police station being interrogated by a police officer because you got this guy just walking around with a bunch of knives and weapons on him and seeming suspicious. And the boss from Armand... 
That's not his name. The Armon. Armon. CCG guy. Yep. Yeah. Armon. Um, the individual that he's talking to basically comes and releases Juzio. Says, "Hey, he works for the CCG. He is allowed to carry these weapons and do all the things that he's being accused of." And the police officer kind of questions it, and Juzio jumps in and, like, bites the police officer's ear off. And that's your first interaction with him. So, kind of crazy of an individual. Almost ghoul-like. Almost ghoul-like. Which, I mean, you find out in Season 2 more about what's going on with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Suzio explains his stitches and calls them body stitch. He doesn't really have an uh, asphyxiation for them. He just kind of likes them. Like, there's no real reason why he's doing it besides the fact that he thinks it looks cool. There's no real reason behind it. So I talked about the doctor and Riza's organs. You meet one of the higher-ups of the Algiri tree prior to... uh, Like I had mentioned earlier, the end of season one... And the manga, that's kind of your reference point, uh, is when things start kind of getting bundled up slash mixed up. So my suggestion would just be to start from the Jason fight and continue forward because it's going to make your life much easier. And uh, they captured Kaneki because they were interested to see if he had any strength. And at that point, Kaneki had no real power or will to fight people so he was very weak in the eyes of algiri tree so then after that the you do see banjo and his group of followers slash kaneki escaping so it's prior to jason starting the um torturing of Kaneki. So, like I said, that happens prior to Kaneki being tortured by Jason. And Banjo's group gets captured. And Jason gives Kaneki an ultimatum. Which is either you come be my subordinate. Or I'm going to kill everybody in this group right now. So, obviously, Kaneki being Kaneki. He's like, alright, I will come with you as long as you don't kill the individuals I'm trying to flee with. Does that include that boy and girl? No, they don't exist. Well, they don't even exist. No. Interesting. I only want to say it because the boy in that conversation yep. has the same exact fucking scream. I know I've said this multiple times, but it's fucking iconic at this fucking point. <laughs> But that guy who screams when he dies is the same exact fucking scream as Hajime. As Hajime from Ari Fueta. <laughs> so it's just funny to make these fucking connections. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You do find out that the CCG uses uh, what they call Q bullets or Queen K bullets. Yep, yep. I, I just assumed that those were like anti whatever they're called, like the anti ghoul bullets. Yeah, just shit that can shoot through ghouls. Yep. Um yeah, they're Queen K bullets. Kaneki is being tortured for ten days. Ten days? Ten days. He's got his digits ripped off. 
10 days. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the super fucked up thing is Jason would torture Kaneki until the injection would wear off, force feed him meat, wait for his digits to regrow, and then start the process over again. Pure torture. Pure torture. Yes. Just constantly repeating that cycle. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about fucked up psychologically, that's, that's a good point. Yep. And then the individuals that Jason killed were a mother and son slash child. And Jason kills the child and then kills the mother. So the... In, in place of that... The boyfriend couple. girlfriend yep. deal. Okay. So in place of that boy and girl deal in the anime, we were talking about a mother and a child. Child. So basically Kaneki as a young child and a mother. Wow. Okay. So the manga describes a little bit more more personal. fucked up. More fucked up. Slash more fucked up, yeah. Yep. Um the CCG, the investigators talk about the ghoul cannibalism talking or and they explain it as awakened ones. So basically, they're like, in order to be the most powerful ghoul you can be, you have to revert, revert to cannibalism. Right. Which is kind of like what we talked about earlier where... Yep. Like, as long as a ghoul can ingest multiple variations yep. of different variety of ghouls, they can become one in all ghoul. Yep, exactly. Um, so, Kaneki actually only eats Jason's Kagune in order to stop him from regenerating. So... If you can, if you eat a ghoul's kagane, you're pretty much turning him into a human. You're making him completely useless. They can't do anything without eating human flesh. So they're, they're useless if they've gotten their kagane eaten. Okay, so if, if, if we ate the main villain's kagane. They're essentially a sitting duck unless they can overpower a human and eat their body. Okay. And that's what it, Kaneki had done to Jason. And then um, Juzu killed Jason. And who's Juzu? The stitch face guy. Oh, the... The new, the new hire. Sort of new hire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the crazy looking kid who's also at the same age as Kaneki. Correct. Yeah. Um, so the start of the Jason and Kaneki fight is on chapter 63. The end of the fight is chapter 66. And the first sighting of the one-eyed Owl is on chapter 70, and that is where you start the flashback with Toka. And I want to say it ends on chapter 71. So it, it's, it really just depends on what part of information you want to, to start reading. If you want to start from the beginning of the Jason fight, go to chapter 63. But that's really all I got as far as season one is concerned. Yeah, because as far as the anime is concerned, they leave you on the most insane cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So a million questions have yet to be answered. Yep. So, yeah. I yep. Mean, don't blame. Definitely looking forward to finishing the manga and letting you all know what happened as far as changes are concerned. I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes just because at the end of season one, they started changing a lot. And that's all I got. Yep. 
And at this point, we'll find out where this shit starts branching out when we when you find us out in two weeks when we <laughs> cover season two. Yep. And that concludes another episode of the Anime Lounge podcast. Please make sure to rate and subscribe on any of the platforms that you are listening to our podcast. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel where we have our short flights, where we're going to be covering the Bleach Thousand Year Blood War, or we're also going to be reacting to chainsaw man we're going to be having two episodes per week so make sure to check that out and let us know what you think of those episodes and make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel as well so you don't miss out on any of that information that's going on and have a good one